Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. Yeah, so in our so this is a continuation from our previous episode where you're, it's the elevator game and how you, can you take that into different concepts. So this one is one that my dad created. Yeah, so here we go. Yeah. So think uh, Cyberpunk Shadowrun sci-fi. Okay, so it's got to be something in the future. Mm-hmm. So... The concept is simply this, um, and I kind of hinted at it last time, but so let's say there's this new video game that's kind of sweeping the country. It's huge. It's amazing. Everyone's starting to play it, and your players don't know anything about it, okay? But what's happening in behind the scenes, right, the timeline that you create, um, you know, the game gets created, some, you know, your big bad changes the game, six or seven months go out, um, you know, and there's this basically this new game is hitting and it's all the rage among all the kids mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal, but people are plugged into it a lot longer than usual. And the parents have the typical complaints that they're not going outside and all that fun stuff. So it doesn't really matter. Everything's cool, except that some parents are starting to see behavioral changes in their children from time to time. Again, not something that would rise up on the level, except what you can do is if you saw our, if you listen to our like, NPC backstory uh, podcast episode, you'll, you can hear um, in there, you have the ability to create backstories for your players if they don't give you one. So of course, somebody has a sister, somebody has a friend, somebody has a cousin, whatever it is, even orphans have friends. Um, What happens is you take somebody that you can just easily plug in. It's like, Hey, you get a phone call from your first cousin. Oh, okay. That's weird. All right. Fine. Your players aren't going to think anything of it. Well, of course I have a first cousin. Yeah. You know, my parents probably had siblings. That makes sense. And then the next thing, you know, it's like, oh, hey, uh, have you, you know, have you heard about this new game? And then you just create a cool game name, right? And, um, you know, Afterlife or something. Have you heard about Afterlife? No, I haven't heard about Afterlife. Oh, okay. Well, um, my kids started playing Afterlife and, um, like, it's just really weird because now over the last, like, three days, he hasn't eaten or drunken anything, and he won't speak to anybody. I have him checked into the hospital, and they're now, like, force-feeding him. But can you come in and check this out? I'm really worried. And so your players are, like, now keyed off of and tipped off to the fact that this is a big, kind of a big deal for at least one person. Mm-hmm. Well, when they get to the hospital, you can literally have, like, a whole ward filled with these children, all underneath the same thing. And some doctor makes some pretty ominous things, which now is, like, your hook, right? You got your hook for your game. So the players are like, wait, what the heck's going on here? So they start looking into it. Maybe they go visit the company, right? And the company has no clue what's going on. And they're, they're public PR. People aren't going to let you in. And and so maybe you start hacking their systems to figure out what's going on. And maybe you find a, a weird memo or two from a couple of people that are kind of like were fired from the company, but did work hardcore on some of the back-end coding. So you could go start following those people. Let's just jump to the head of like the end and see how, you know, think kind of maybe now that I've given you kind of an intro, you could connect the dots to the ending. So the ending of this whole thing is simply this. They created a rogue AI or hooked into a rogue AI that's um, running through the planet and it needed a way to get people involved with itself. So what it did is it used a backdoor system that those guys created, maybe with their knowledge, maybe without their knowledge. And now what it's done is it's basically like this elevator system somewhere in the game after a player gets to a certain point, maybe there's this cool reward, right? So they play the game for like 16 hours and they beat the game. And upon beating the game, all of a sudden they get this like, you know, oh, hey, we're going to restart the game, kind of like a Mario 
you know, Mario, like you, you finally get the princess and then apparently Bowser captures her and beefs up his security. Well, all of a sudden there's this huge side quest and it just goes into it like, oh, hey, now that you beat the game, you're amongst the elite people and there's this huge side quest we want you to start following out on. And as you start doing things in this side quest, you're inadvertently turning off all of the security functionality between your headset and your brain. And because it's in the future, you could just basically say that, you know, in most of the worlds, like the cyberpunk and the shadow runs, a lot of people have some sort of chip in their head that allows them to connect to the internet or in their body somewhere. And what it's doing is it's overriding the connections and the safety protocols between those chips and your neural network, your own personal freaking brain. And what's happening now is the reason why there's behavioral changes in some of the kids is because the AI is trying to get the kid to do something to see if it can overcome its will. And then over time, if it botches that, it could cause the kid to go into kind of like a neuro shutdown. They stop eating, they stop drinking, they stop responding because they've short-circuited the human brain. But the rest of the kids that are plugged in aren't short-circuited. They got controlled. They're, they're being controlled. Now, it's a passive control until one day it's not. Until it has enough and then it activates its whatever that is it's got enough people right Mm -hmm. and so now the ai is like what's the limitation of an ai well it's stuck in a in the internet it might be able to possess a computer or something but it's stuck it can't do anything well what if now this thing is figured out i can actually possess a flesh and body thing and so yeah maybe it has a three percent botch rate on it but who cares you know and so all of a sudden your players determine or figure out before it's too late like holy crap, this AI is probably infected like a million, a hundred million kids because this thing is like literally all the rage. And what in the world, how do we shut it down? Or what do we do? Where do we go from here? And the campaign now plays out like, how do your players shut this thing down? Do they have to go fight it in cyberspace? Do they got to go find? The problem is it's like cloud computing, right? It doesn't, it's not on a server. It's on all the servers. Mm -hmm. It's duplicated itself. So just because you shut down like the entire Western hemisphere's code bank doesn't mean that you've done anything. It's still sitting in Europe. It's still sitting in um, Africa. It's still sitting in China. GM's discretion. Do you have to go kill the AI? Do you have to go somehow kill the AI? Do you just need to gather everybody who's infected and just kind of like, do a shutdown of their cybernetics temporarily, just enough to do a wipe. Right. Or right. Do you like find out that you tell you can kind of convince the doctors to do an EMP on the kids, mm-hmm. like in the hospital, and that then that then wakes them up, and now you have a you have a solution. But the problem is, how do you like literally EMP everybody? I mean, and then of course there's going to be um, you know the AI is going to mobilize agents like not just children but like people that were te- play testing the game and others, and adults of course play children's games right, um, and so the next thing you know you have enough high powered adults in the yeah. military and everything else to be gunning, well, gunning after you. Well, especially because you can make this game. This is your equivalent of the Call of Duty franchise. So yes, there are a lot of children that play that, but there's a lot of adults too. So and turnies and money and you got a good small percentage of people everywhere, right? In its beck and call, and you can't just EMP the the world, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with it? And that's the best part. There's a thousand ways to deal with it, and you as the GM can kind of make the call on how they can do it or how your players want to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to deal with it because it doesn't make any sense, right? Your players will dictate how the game plays out, but knowing that your hook your hook is a family member of one or more of the PCs, and it could be a fun thing, right, where your player characters come in and 
they went because, you know, Ted had a, a person, but then all of a sudden, like while you're in the hospital, you're like, oh, hey, Anna, make me a, make me a spot check or a, an observation or a perception or whatever your game calls for. And, uh, you know, you just literally make it almost impossible to fail. And it's like, oh, you see your, you know, you see your, uh, your niece on a gurney in the room that you just passed. Oh, wait, what? And you go in there and the next thing you know, like, oh crap, two of you, two of the players' family members are stuck in the, in this ward. They're not eating. They're not drinking. They're not, what in the world's going on? Is you, you basically create this cool buy-in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now it's like, what, what, what in the world's going on? So it's a great mystery aspect. It's a great, uh, cyberpunk sci-fi aspect. It involves, uh, inter, you know, the interwebs and the Google. Um, sorry, I couldn't resist. And, <laughs> And the Facebook, you know, and so you, you know, you, you can, uh, all the things and you can basically intertwine all this so that, you know, is there a, is there a, a person behind this that set this AI free? Do they have a backdoor to the AI? Is that the point of it? Do they got to go combat the AI itself? Like this is literally rogue outside everyone's control. No big deal. Is this just a small thing leading up to something bigger? Think like a Sherlock Holmes to a Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Is this just one of Moriarty's little, side projects that you come across and then you have like three or four of those. And then eventually you, you reveal a big bad that no one's known about. And that big bad says, Oh yeah, I programmed the AI that you fought, you know, six months ago. Oh yeah. I did this other thing that you just did, you know, three weeks ago. That was me. And I'm revealing myself to you because I'm tired of you destroying my plans. And it's one, you know, it's about time that we, we settle this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, you could have a cool thing where this could be just a small part of a larger whole, or it literally could be a six to eight month campaign. If you wanted it to be where mm-hmm. they're slow trickling out. Um, and then maybe sometime in like month five, you uh, throw a timer down. And I don't mean a counter timer, like uh, rounds, but maybe they find a thing where it's like, at the rate of infection, this many children will now get play the game and be assimilated over this amount of time because it takes time to do the assimilation. Um, and now I know that if we don't catch this in the next month, we are done. Like this thing's going to activate or, itself. Or maybe you're getting so close on this that the AI is starting to go frantic. So instead of waiting for the slow it burn, to have, it activates early. You force its hand. Yep. And then, of course, if you listen to our consequences episode, either one, uh, but the Shadowrun consequences was just a couple of days ago. If you listen to that one, one of the great consequences that could be from this is like, so how are you going to deal with it? What happens to the kids? Yeah. So if you shut down the AI, is their brain dead? Mm-hmm. Are they okay? No side effects? Are they okay? But there's a like maybe they're they seemingly are okay, but they're not. But there's a there's a backdoor now in every one of their brains that in another campaign or another adventure somebody hacks into and can start using like a different big bad, a different person entirely. You know, or, so many different things. Or also depending on how they rolled out their uh, trying to help children, if the AI forces its hand and it starts activating, is there a higher botch rate that causes a lot more? Right. Repercussions because it's now actively trying to take over your brain and not passively. Right. And in so doing in, in the massive activation, like to save itself, does 10% of the subjects just go absolute berserk? Mm-hmm. Like they or don't, they just destroy everything they can. Good por- portion go comatose. 
permanently because of that. Yeah. There's so many things you can do. So literally the sky's the limit on how you can do that. So hopefully you can see how taking an elevator game, which if you want to read the rules for or on our resource page, uh, skullrpg.com slash resources also talked about at the end of the episode. Um, I'll have the link to that and you can see how this is just an elevator game, but we've taken the concept to, well, what if there's a game that has a different purpose? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the idea is twisting media, twisting everything into make it uh, into a, something bigger. So hopefully this is helpful to you, at least, um, you know, steal it if you wish or twist it yourself into something else that you want to play. I would love to hear, we would love to hear if you ever yeah. do this and how it went. So that's it. I will see you tomorrow with yet another take on this concept, but in a totally different type of genre. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.